Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes! Yes! Y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Foosball Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, on Twitter, all of the places, or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Pickle. What's going on, Ashley Pickle? Hi, friends. Doing all right? How was your Happy. Halloween? Um, it was fun. Happy. Can I? I told you this, but Didn't I need. Much. I told you this, but you need to act surprised for the for the theater of the show. Okay. So, last night mm-hmm. we're tucking in Hank after Halloween. Okay. We ask him like, Hank, did you have a great Halloween? He's like, I had a great Halloween, and he goes, But tomorrow, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. He wore his turkey shirt Hank to school. Tepper. He picked out his turkey shirt to wear to school today. Amazing. We're putting up gobbles tonight. Our inflatable turkey in the yard. It's Thanksgiving season, y'all. Let's go. Today is Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. 23 days till Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to former Ranger great Anthony Bass. Episode 1488. On today's show, folks, we've got the five biggest college football moments of the weekend. We'll get to, uh, we'll count down the biggest moments of of the college football weekend across the state of Texas, uh, including... TCU just keeps getting away with it. They do. <laughs> uh, then we'll be joined by the Hall of Famer Craig Way, who joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Tuesdays. Football Today. We'll round it all out with Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week presented by Body Armor. So hope you will stay tuned for all of that. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was, uh, where did it start? Let's go. Nick Morton, Rob Hadaway, Coach Terry Crawford, and Tony Blaylock. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in, friends. Let me give, uh, let me, let me throw something out there as a public service announcement. Two public service announcements. One, especially if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. Yeah. Big weather's coming on Friday night. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it, it sounds like it's gonna be a bunch of thunderstorms. Yeah, right. I don't think I I don't think they're anticipating like severe weather as far as like tornadoes or anything. No, but I think lightning is a big yes. issue. Of really it's concerned. like oh, it might just be a lightning storm. Honestly, <laughs> it is like abandoned ship on Friday night right now. Like yeah. everyone is moving to Thursday. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna go to a if game, you're going to a game, go Thursday. Confirm like that the game is happening where it is because like right now I literally don't think that there's 
I don't know if there's game. I think I think like there's like three games in DFW mm-hmm. still, and so. the likeliness of them getting moved is East high. Texas, uh, Chapel Hill, and Kilgore got moved to Thursday. Like, oh, yeah, so a man. lot of a lot of games are getting moved in kind of the north and northeast part of the state. So be sure you check your local listings, so to speak. Um, and, and pay attention. We'll, we'll try to keep you updated on texasfootball.com. That's yeah, Steps tweeting out a ton of them, yeah. which, I mean, you probably could have assumed that if you're watching this show. Right. <laughs> you know the deal here. <laughs> Secondly, um, it is playoff season, and we're going to be working all weekend on playoff stuff. So uh, we have to wait until the games that are relevant go final on Saturday mm-hmm. before we can release brackets. But our goal goal and and you know maybe we'll miss it maybe we'll beat it who knows our goal is to have brackets up on the site 10 o'clock saturday night Mm -hmm. it might be 11 it might be 9 45 but like that's our goal that's what we're working on so if you don't see it in in, like immediately at 10 o'clock i promise we're working on it We'll get it up as soon as I was going to say, and a big, like a big thing to keep in mind there too is just because the game is done doesn't necessarily mean the matchups decided because of tiebreakers. So yes. it's like we understand that all the games are done at nine whatever, but if there's old school tiebreakers going on, like there's nothing we can do about that. Yeah, so we so have that's, to. That's the delay. Yeah, so we have to. Um, we have to, to make sure of that. So we are working on it. I promise it'll be up on TexasFootball.com as soon as we can. Uh, breaking news best. coming in. Uh, Abbott is also trying to move their game. I tell you what. We have yeah. we have firsthand reports We're from first Coach hand. Terry Crawford. Okay. <laughs> that's that's big news. That's why you tune in for the breaking news. Do we have the break? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, Coach, if you end up moving it to Thursday, let us know and we'll and sound we the will break. hit we'll the, do the breaking, breaking news, news sounder. sounder. We will. All right, Pickle. Let's talk a little college football. Another week of college football. You know we've got teams that have played nine games. Mm-hmm. Like they got three games left. Yeah. Yeah. Like North Texas. Yep. They North played Texas. a week zero game. Yeah. They played nine games. Anyway, uh, we have and they're uh, fighting for the second seed spot in Conference USA. We'll talk about them in a minute. Let me cook. Uh, let's get to the five biggest moments of the college football weekend uh, across the state of Texas. Um, and uh, giving you a look at what really stood out to us across the Texas high school, Texas college football landscape. We'll start with moment number five. It's the only league that's not for long. Boy, in college football, the landscape that it is Here's Jenkins. He breaks free, and now a foot race, and they will indeed catch him from behind. Jalen Jones tracks him down. The importance of this final fourth quarter to the mood around here. And Judkins has said, take your mood and shove it. I'm running for 61. All the movement this way. No one's really blocked, but it's going to open up a big hole. All that lateral movement right here. There's three or four guys around Judkins. All of them should have made the tackle. But he is tough to bring down. Me and Cole were down there field level. First time really seeing Quinshawn Judkins in person. Man, is he built like a running back or what? Judkins in! Touchdown Ole Miss! This is what set it up, laying the wood before finishing it off himself. Four plays, all Judkins. Texas A&M's defense collapses in its fourth straight loss. So, I want to be real clear about something. This Texas A&M season is, I would say, a catastrophic failure at the moment, right? I don't think you can really say that it's anything other than a catastrophic failure. 
sitting at three and five, four consecutive losses. Okay. Within without the program, it's a it's a bad year for AM. The reason it is a catastrophic failure is not because of the defense. The defense has been the saving grace for a lot for this team for a lot of games. It was the saving grace against Miami. It was the saving grace against Arkansas. So that if the defense had not been as good as it had been over the course of the first what seven games, this would be an even bigger disaster in College Station. So I want to be clear about that. All that being said, the defense was a disaster on Saturday night. Ole Miss runs for 390 yards on Texas A&M. The second most ever surrendered by A&M. And actually, if you take out sacks, because for some reason, college football counts sacks as rushing yards, which doesn't make any sense. Oh, right? God. It's crazy. It's so silly. Yeah. But shout if out you, NCAA if again. You, <laughs> if you take out sacks, they ran for 399. Yeah, that's just wild. They I, ran for so six bad. and a half yards a carry. They were getting gashed. And 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 look, like uh, part of it. Look, part of it, is, and part of it is that I think they've like they're wearing down. Like that front is wearing down. But they were getting bullied up front I mean they were it was bad and we talked about this before that this defense had been at the beginning of the year this defense was playing well enough to at least try and keep them in games but we we said it every single week eventually Mm -hmm. that side of the ball will drop off maybe just for a game maybe they bounce back next time but there was going there was always destined to be a game where the defense just was not ready to play did yep. not step up to the plate and that offense just doesn't have what it takes to say hey y'all were down for one game no. we're going to pick you up for a second it was just yeah. bad now the offense was better they it brought better, in Connor Whitman yeah. They but brought Connor Wegman. He looked bar. good he threw for 329 or something like that yeah Wegman had a good game he had a good game like and 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 maybe they've got something there at quarterback they they topped twenty four point point mark, mm-hmm. like they got twenty eight, but like now, like if it's it's the it's gap got, is just too much. It's got to feel like it. it's got to feel like right now, like if it's not one thing, it's another. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There, it's it's kind of snowballing. Uh, it is it was it was ugly, and and you know the defense was due for a bad game. Like I think that's fair to say they were due for a bad game. They weren't great against Mississippi State, but like they were due for a bad game, and mm-hmm. it came came at the wrong time. Anyway, that's number five. Moment number four. Senior out of Chandler, Arizona, has another year of eligibility left. 23 years old. Can he find some magic in that right arm that's maybe a little rusty? It's picked off. All the way back to the end zone. Touchdown, Baylor. A.J. McCarty with the fifth interception of the night for the Baylor defense. Baylor's defense dominates and romp over Texas Tech in Lubbock. Um, this was, we can talk a little bit about the, the offense. I thought that Richard Reese had a great game. I thought Blake Shapin, um, I thought that they, they, they really balanced the offense particularly well. But in the end, this is about the defense. The, the defense was the dominating force in this game for Baylor. They looked fantastic. And they really made Texas Tech look awful. Um, Tech rolled out three different quarterbacks, and all three of them threw an interception. All three of them threw an interception. At one point, they had like 
they threw an interception on three consecutive possessions. Donovan Smith threw an interception. Baron Morton threw an interception. And then there, Tyler Shuck threw an interception for a touchdown. Yeah, and at like, that point, how can you ask the defense to do anything more when they're just going straight back out to the field? Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, it's like, look, the, the defense was fantastic they really for Baylor. Were. Um, and, and an important win for them. You know, that was really, you know, both those teams came in with uh, with the same record. They're both four and three. And, uh, you know, for, for for Baylor, they've got to feel really good about where they are right now, three and two in conference. Uh, now they, they go to Oklahoma, which is suddenly a weird game. Like, is Oklahoma good again? I don't know. Like, going to Norman's not any treat, but, like, I don't know. We'll see exactly what Baylor's got. But that's an important win for them to make sure they stay in the race because, like, they get Oklahoma, and then there's Kansas State, TCU, and at Texas. And they it's only need one like, more win for a bowl. Like, and I, that's, I know that's a, a low bar for, for Baylor, but like there was a time where we were questioning whether or not they were going to get there. Yeah. This is a really important win to get them right back where they're feeling like, all right, we should make a bowl. Mm-hmm. Conference, conference title is probably out the window uh, unless everyone else collapses around us. But this was an important win for them. If that Kansas State game was home, I would feel a lot more comfortable about it. But the fact No, that it is at home. It is at home? Okay, yeah. well, then never mind. Then They're I feel K-State, like that's... But okay. K-State's pretty good. They K-State are. just got done beating the dog out of a team that beat mm-hmm. uh, that beat Oklahoma, yep. or Baylor in Oklahoma State. Yep. So, who knows? Uh, but was that Spencer was, Sanders out that game? Do you know? I think he this was. Past, he got hurt, but the game was well... well the, game yeah, was, yeah, yeah. the game was ugly before then. So, he did get hurt. But in any case, a great win for Baylor... Tech is not. I mean, this was this this was always in my mind a loss for them, mm-hmm. uh, like in preseason. But so they the need two more. Could have they need better. two more. Uh, probably not beating TCU this week in Fort Worth. Maybe they will. We'll talk about TCU in a moment. Um, but Kansas, Iowa State, and, and or Iowa State and Oklahoma probably should get two of those. A bowl would be a great a great year for them. Anyway, number three. Jet Duncan, these guys getting after doing a really good job up front. Hat on a hat. Ani downfield, and it is caught. Damon Ward, he'll take it for six. Touchdown, Mean Green. So Talik Allen takes a poor angle on this. You know you got to squeeze this ball in here. Austin Ani does just that. Throws it. Poor angle by Talik Allen. And Ward does the rest. Hey, Sid, how about these numbers? You, you play- North Texas strikes fast. Their hot start fuels a big win over Western Kentucky. Um... I thought this was the most complete game North Texas has played this year. Yes. I think in all phases, they looked really good. I think they. I think Austin Ani was super... That's about as good as you can ask for from Austin Ani. 110%. Right? 322, three touchdowns, no picks. Mwah. He looked... Thank you, sir. He looked great. Take that every week. Mm-hmm. Running game, still pretty good. Ran for five and a half yards carry. Mm-hmm. Right? Spread the ball around. Ran the ball pretty well. Defense played really well held down a pretty high powered for the most part kind of bend don't break which is kind of the way that they're going to play defense this year mm-hmm. i thought that was that was great and what was most important is that they got out to a hot start they ran out 14 nothing and at that point you're making western kentucky chase and i think that's going to be the key for the rest of the season for them because you if ani gets down ani doesn't have a performance no. like that if he starts off like that yes. then you're good it, it literally carries the rest of the team but you cannot ask austin and ani to have an exceptional performance when he's trying to claw his way out of a hole i thought i think you're right i think that when when you're able to i think it's i think it's when really he's able important to relax for, honestly <laughs> i think it's a, I, and 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 i think when 
North Texas is able to run the ball, mm-hmm. and they're able to, and, and I'm not talking about like the ability to run the ball. I mean like when they're in a game state in which they can say, hey, you know what? It's second and it's second and six. We can run the ball, mm-hmm. or it's first and ten. We can run the ball. We don't have to start pushing the ball down the field over and over. That's when Ani gets in trouble. Right. Is when you're is when you're making him go out there and throw the ball sixty times mm-hmm. in a game. Yeah, because if you if you are able to, because that run game is always there. Like the run game is always pretty decent with this team. When you're able to have him take a deep breath on first down like that and say, "Hey, just sail this one out and see if you can grab it," then the plays like we just showed happen. Right. Exactly. I mean, basically, yeah. Wow. How about this? That's the every time he's thrown the ball more than thirty times. Every time North Texas has thrown the ball more than thirty times, they've lost. Mm-hmm. They threw it thirty-four against SMU. Uh, they threw it thirty against UNLV. They threw it fifty times against Memphis. Fifty times against Memphis. Yeah, that was- and they threw it thirty-one times against UTSA. Every time they throw the ball more than thirty times, they lose. Mm-hmm. Also, he threw the ball 28 times, and then they brought in the backup, and he threw the ball a couple times, too. Yep. But basically, that's the magic number. Is get get yourself in a game state where you're not asking Austin Ani to throw the ball all over the yard. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. The great great win from uh, North And Texas. huge when it comes to seeding so far in oh, yeah. USA. I mean, huge. Oh, yeah. Number two. Let's go. And you remember? Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about them being number two in Conference USA. I was going <laughs> to... Almost Moment number two. Put the hand up. <laughs> to me, if he's 100%, he makes that play and knocks it down for USA. Sneed back in, the cutback, barreling his way towards the goal line, and he reaches across for the touchdown. Bounce attack. Cook's bounce attack makes the difference against USF. There's going to be a lot of talk this week about what Clayton Toon did, and Clayton Toon was great. He's over 10,000 yards now as a passer at Houston. Um, he had some he really clutch throws in that game. Excellent. Excellent, excellent. But I think, and they didn't run the ball a ton, Mm-mm. but they did it enough. Mm-hmm. They did it enough that they're that they're at, they're allowing their uh, the the defense to not relax. They have to be good enough running the ball to be able to let the like give the give the receivers so they're not dropping eight basically. Um, and that's what ended up happening. This was a really really nice win for Houston. Uh, wasn't always pretty. Um, the defense, I thought, left a little something to be desired in this game. But if you got the offense humming like this, that's great. And and I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. Let me ask you, Pickle. Mm-hmm. Do you think Houston's figured it out, or do you think they're playing worse teams? A combination of both. I think that. They're they're definitely playing worse teams than they were. Now this will that that question can be answered against SMU because I think they've got they've got SMU this weekend and then I SMU, think they still have Cincinnati. But SMU might be on a third string quarterback. Third of, yeah, exactly. But still, overall as a collective, even with a third string quarterback, I don't think that there's any doubt that SMU's better than. But at the same UCF. time, but here's the thing. Here's the funny thing. You're exactly right. And look at the rest of their schedule. Okay, mm-hmm. SMU. Uh, they're gonna be. Let's see. Is there a line on that? It's on NFL Network, by the way. Um, let's see. Uh, SMU's a three-point favorite. Which just means they're at home. A little strange. So it's a, it's a coin flip game, but they're, yeah. they're three-point. Okay. Temple. Temple's terrible. They're 2-6. Yes. Temple's awful. East Carolina, 6-3. and three, That's kind of that's right in their weight class. Mm-hmm. And then Tulsa, who's bad. Yep. Like, 8-4 and four feels like the floor mm-hmm. here. You should go 3-1 and one down the stretch here. 
and like split SMU, pl- split SMU and East Carolina, and beat Temple and Tulsa. I think the thing, the thing that Houston has figured out is they've stopped shooting themselves in the foot so much. Mm-hmm. That's what their downfall was early in the season. Is very early on in every single game in the first quarter, they shot themselves in the foot one, if not two times, and then it just tanked from there because the morale went down. If they can keep not shooting themselves in the foot in the first quarter, I think that this team can, yeah should be favored in basically every yeah. single game. And and you know, depending on how I mean the Americans a mess right yes, now. Yes. It's not it's a what mess. It was there's last no year. Uh, <laughs> like it's it's Tulane, UCF, Cincinnati, um and then Houston all at th- are, are are 3 and 1 or better. And so like a conference title game is not out of the question. So we'll see. We'll see. But that's not the biggest moment of the college football weekend. Can I say, if I say number one, will you play number one? Yeah. Number one. They're already in field goal range. And they'll run it here with Amani Bailey. And Bailey breaking tackles. Touchdown. Amani Bailey. Rifle shot to the end zone. And TCU has the lead. Because there's only three linemen, they're planning on rushing three, and those defenders are played off. It almost gives the offensive line free runs at the second and third level. And Wes Harris does a nice job of getting up to the second level. And Amani Bailey just finishes it. TCU's strike before half helps them keep helps keep them perfect versus West Virginia. I thought that was the most important score of the game and the most important score of the week if you're talking about like from a national perspective. Um TCU kind of farted around. I thought this was Max Duggan's probably worst game of the of the year mm-hmm. um even though like the numbers are, are decent right 341 and three touchdowns just one just pick. wasn't crisp he wasn't crisp uh according to bill Connolly, his success rate was only 38 percent in this game it was poor um the pass rush showed up in the second half which was important and okay so the first college football playoff rankings are going to come out tonight we'll see where tcu lands who knows? They got to win out. They got to win out. They're not going to take a one-loss Big 12 team in the playoff, right? So they got to win out. They got to be perfect. TCU is like they're going to keep putting their hand over the stove. <laughs> they're just going to keep putting their hand over the stove. They don't know any better. Wouldn't it be a shame if I just... Uh? They won't learn. <laughs> they won't learn. And they'll fart around. This team farts around. Yes. Okay. They have team, always they, found a way, but my they, listen, God. Listen, listen, they don't ask you how, they ask you how mm-hmm. many, okay? This is, you know what this is? The equivalent of Stephenville so far this year. It really is. Like, one-point games, fart around, overtime man. games. <laughs> they will fart around on you, but when it's winning time, they'll come up with the plays. Mm-hmm. Now, I would prefer, personally, and I imagine TCU fans would prefer, if they would just go out and just, like, smoke an opponent. Yeah, just, you know, how about just try, try it out for fun? <laughs> but, like, this week, I bet Tech, I bet it's a three-point game or something like that, right? So, if you are TCU, like, one of the things, if you're talking about, like, what's, what could keep them out of a playoff, mm-hmm. like, game control, they don't have a ton of game control, right? But they're winning games. Mm-hmm. And they're making plays when it matters. And undefeated is undefeated. I wish they'd be a little more dominant. <laughs> I think the playoff committee would wish they'd be a little more dominant. It wouldn't be a surprise if they're like way underranked this week. Like oh, they're yeah. like 11th or something. But in any case, TCU remains unbeaten, and a large part was that they were made the plays right before half. They they win that middle eight. You, you mm-hmm. ever hear about that? The middle eight, the last four minutes of the first the first half, yep. first four minutes of the second half. They win the middle eight pretty consistently, and they did it again this week. Anyway, there you have it. 
your five biggest moments of college football weekend. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle. First National Bank of Omaha is proud to support the communities they serve every day by spotlighting impressive young people and their schools through the Impactful Leader Program. This week, we're proud to recognize Gabriel Robinson from Frisco, Lebanon Trail High School. Uh, Read more about what makes Gabriel a great leader at TexasFootball.com. Congratulations again to Gabriel Robinson of Frisco, Lebanon Trail. This week's recipient of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Impactful Leadership Award presented by First National Bank of Omaha. First National Bank of Omaha. Omaha, the great big small bank. Now a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR Now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR Now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. It's Tuesday, so we get to talk with the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. Uh, the voice of the Texas Longhorns. You can hear him on the horn in Austin every weekday, along with Jeff Howe on Light the Tower. And you can see him on High School School Board Live every Friday night alongside, usually Aaron Hardigan and myself. He's the great Craig Way. Craig, how are you, my friend? Hey, it's week 11. How else could I be? Just fabulous, ready to get excited. And, you know, I've, I've worn out uh, a calculator or two oh, the past couple of weeks, changing out. Batteries getting ready on point differentials. Let's rock it. Uh, it is week eleven, and I know that this is this is one of your favorite weeks. You always talk about how your favorite weeks are state championship week, first week of the season, and then this week. Um, so, as you're fond of saying, we'll unwrap the present on Friday. Uh, we'll start to unwrap the present on Friday. Uh, is there one? You asked me this question on 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 your show. I'll ask you. I'll return the favor. Is there one particular district area, one one wacky situation uh, that you are particularly enthralled with this time of year? Well, you gave a really good answer on it, and I'm going to kind of. Uh, uh, mimic it a little bit. I did like uh, what you were saying about 10-5 AD1, which ultimately is going to wind up with what's going on uh, with 11-5 AD1 in the second round of the playoffs that the winners project out like that. And 11-5 AD1 is is not set yet. Is As good as Georgetown has been of late, Cedar Park has been that good as well. 
because we keep saying they were the best one and five team in Texas, then the best two and five, then the best three and five, and the best four and five. They have a chance to be maybe the best five and five if they beat Georgetown, and if they do, that's the difference between finishing second and fourth. There's that district race. Uh, and then obviously what we've been talking about in 25-6A, which is just a hot mess. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it could, it could wind up going to a second level multi-school tie break. It could get to that. Uh, but, you know, that, that whole apple cart could be upset because that district has been nothing if unpredictable other than Van Grift and Round Rock at the top. But it's not just the three teams, Maynard and, and Vista Ridge and Cedar Ridge trying to get in. It's how it also sets up the balance of power for Vandegrift, whether they go Division One or Division Two, based on whether Cedar Ridge gets in or not. So there's a lot to go. Uh, I think what uh, Vista Ridge is a plus eight uh, on the second level because uh, Vista Ridge, Cedar Ridge, and Maynard are all flat level zero tie break round robin against one another. So now you go to the total points differential for all district games. I think right now uh, Vista Ridge is a plus eight. And then you've got uh, Maynard, which is, I guess, a plus three, and Cedar Ridge is at zero. But Vista easily has the most difficult game of the three. They've got to play Round Rock. And uh, Cedar Ridge has a very winnable game against McNeil. And Maynard has a little tougher challenge against Stony Creek. But they're all winnable games for those two. But if Vista Ridge up and wins or one of the other two loses, we just throw all that stuff out the window. Never mind all the number crunching. Everything would be all set, ready to go. Talking with Craig Way, the Texas High School Hall of Famer here on Texas Football Today. Get involved with the conversation at hashtag TF Today. Uh, so, Craig, it's, we're, we're into week 11, and it's, it's, it's an interesting slate of games. I, I, I think that what is, what is so fascinating about this week is that if this were week 7 and you just looked across the state of Texas, you'd be like, it's a good slate, not a great slate. It's, it's kind of middle-of-the-road type. But when you add in the... Um, the the obvious urgency for a number of teams, um, it, it kind of makes it even more impactful. Um, my question for you is: In a week like this, do you find yourself drawn more to heavyweight matchups uh, that we would otherwise be drawn to in in every other week, or do you find yourself drawn to the? Uh, I'll just I'll give you an example: uh, the Burnett and Taylors of or the the Burnett and Taylors of the world, where the winner is in and the loser is out. Which which like which do you find yourself drawn to more? Basically, what you just described there is what we saw with Gerald and, and Inner New Tech last week. Win and you're in, lose and it's done. Playoffs to make playoffs, to make playoffs, mm-hmm. to make playoffs. You know, you they, they they all become playoff games at this point, right? And and that becomes a very very interesting. That holds a little more interest to me, if only because the powerhouses kind of sort their way through it and and go up. Now the the exception to that rule. And here's kind of where it leads back to that 25-6A I was talking about. How does it affect a power player as a, in 6A? And it only would apply to 6A whether they go Division One or Division Two. Uh, if we're talking about a South Lake Carroll and that weird tiebreak that could happen up there, but probably not likely to happen. What we were talking about with Katie for a lot of the year, and what we're clearly discussing with Vandegrift in 25-6A is whether they go Division. Division two. That is the hanging chad in this election season that that can throw things out of whack. Otherwise, I'm with you. I'm all about uh, winning in and 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 lose and you go home. And you've got several of those happening across the state, which are a lot of fun to keep track of. 
Talking Craig Wade, Texas High School Hall of Famer here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation. Hashtag TF Today. All right, Craig, I know that uh, you guys always break down uh, the rankings on your show on, on Light the Tower in Austin uh, every Tuesday. Uh, and so I want to get your take because it's something that we we wrangled with over the weekend was uh, who what to do with the very, very tippy top of 6A. Part of it is that it doesn't matter, right? They're both going to – both Westlake and North Shore are going to the playoffs. They're both going to be all right. But we made the decision to flip-flop Westlake and North Shore, put, put Westlake back in the number one spot ahead of North Shore after – despite North Shore's win over Tascacita. I'm, I'm interested in, in what, what your temperature presently is on the very top of the state's largest classification. You know, I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask what what went into what went into the mindset. I even said before you got on the show with me, I was saying to my audience, I said, "Here's the rankings. Westlake is back in the in in the in the one spot, mm-hmm. and of course, we know it's not going to matter. Ultimately, the bracketing takes care of itself, but uh, it's a great conversation piece. And I said, it is my thought that basically this is hinging." my humble opinion i wasn't in the room with you guys it hinges on one guy caleb bailey Mm -hmm. if he's not if he's not playing the north shore offense is is different and might i say a little more vulnerable Mm -hmm. and so at least as it goes deep into the playoffs now as we talked about they're going to play a pasadena is school isd school and by district there's not going to be any issue there and there may not be for for a little bit uh, but maybe in a rematch with a Tascasita, you know, uh, and and certainly on down the line, if if they're matching up, say, with a Westlake or or somebody else like that, uh, in in a state semifinal, then maybe it becomes a factor. But that's that was the reasoning I put behind it was, the, the, the you know, Caleb Bailey isn't there, so therefore the offense is affected, therefore the team's success rate. Uh, is a little more imperiled, and that's why I figured that you guys slid mm-hmm. Westlake back the number one spot. Westlake, this Westlake team is not the the superpower juggernaut dominant team we've seen the last three years, but they're pretty darn good uh, in that they're now what tied for the third all-time winning consecutive mm-hmm. win streak at 49. Uh, you know, if they ran the table and won the state title, uh, they would they would then be right there at uh, Allen's number two spot at number 57. They'd be close to that. So, you know, they're they're good. Uh, they're really good, and they're certainly capable of winning the state title. I don't know that they're as quite the juggernaut as they've been in the past, but they're certainly good enough to win it again. And we know that North Shore is good enough to win Division One again with a healthy Caleb Bailey. Only time will tell on those things. Uh, one last question for Craig Way of the Texas High School Hall of Famer. Uh, it's the meanest thing we do to each other each week, which is I'm going to give you three choices and uh, allow you to teleport to one of these games on uh, this weekend. I would say Friday night, but everything's getting moved, so who knows what day yeah. games are happening. Um, you can either go to Hawley, Texas, to watch Hawley and Cisco. You can go to Kilgore, Texas, to watch Tyler Chapel Hill and Kilgore. Or you can go down to the uh, Golden Triangle and watch Silsby and Jasper. Which of those three are you heading to? No Midlothian Red Oak? Midlo- <laughs> Midlothian Red Oak? Uh, you can, hey, That's sicko games. You, you, can, you, can, you can make an argument that, that there's there's an even bigger game in, in Midlothian. Uh, well, rather, I guess it's in Everman, though. Midlothian mm-hmm. Heritage and newly state-ranked Everman is also on that list, too. Yep. 
Yep, 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 absolutely. Uh, I would probably lean toward that one in the big country. Uh, give me some big damn Lobos, mm-hmm. the BD Lobos, and uh, Cisco against Hawley, and that Hawley has just been really impressive mm-hmm. to see. You know, Tep, uh, uh, you and I uh, together got to, to work that game last year, and we saw you know, how much – better shiner was than holly and they were uh completely ready for the big stage they'd been there before and holly was adjusting to the big stage holly's ready for the big stage mm-hmm. now i would submit to you if it get if, if it gets that point but cisco can give them a fight i i really like that matchup it's it, it, it'll be fun to keep track of that one as as well as several others this weekend i've got good news for both of y'all too yes. by the way uh this just in yeah. you can watch sylvie and jasper on texan live wow. this weekend so good choice going out to the big country because wow. you can pull that up on texanlive.com see see and 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 that's why she is the gatekeeper and the key master <laughs> yeah. of all good things texan live <laughs> as well as the princess of Lano County. Uh, yeah, it's true. I do have I do have one other question though, and I, 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 it just stopped because we we uh, to pull back the curtain, we were unawares of whether or not you were going to be able to join us on scoreboard on Friday night because Texas plays at Kansas State this week. It turns out it's a 6 o'clock kick, and you're a sicko, so you will do both. You'll do a scoreboard on Friday night and then go up to Manhattan. Uh, you've been doing this this gig long enough, and you've had enough trips to Manhattan, Kansas. How do you feel about Manhattan, Kansas? Um, how does Texas feel about being in the SEC? No, 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 no. Let, let me not go. The, uh, no, um, actually, actually, I like going there. That the only the only issue about Manhattan is it is it's kind of out there, yeah. away from everything else. I like uh, the Aggieville section of town with the restaurants and bars is really good. Uh, the 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 broadcast booth is one of the best oh. in the Big Twelve for calling a football game. They have great broadcast area their baseball park uh bramlett's coliseum for basketball and bill snyder family stadium i have no complaints with my working environment uh there it's just sometimes it's a little difficult to get there from here but uh but i like it i, I really do like going to kansas state it'll be a lot of fun i don't even mind the drive so it'll be a drive for right. sure i i i knew he was driving there was, there was <laughs> of course he was uh he's craig way he's a texas high school hall of famer here i'm on the horn in austin every weekday uh and then and you can see him on High School Scoreboard Live this Friday night uh, alongside Aaron Hardigan and myself on High School Scoreboard Live as we un- unwrap the playoff present. Craig, appreciate your time, my friend, and I will see you on Friday. Let's not get any paper cuts opening those playoff packages on Friday. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. <laughs> Bye, Craig. Bye. There he goes. Craig Way of the Texas High School Hall of Fame. joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. Tuesdays. Yeah, we didn't know because it was if it was an 11 a.m. kick or even a 2:30 kick, mm-hmm. he couldn't do scoreboard. Right. But um, yeah, he's going to drive from the the studios in DFW up to Manhattan mm-hmm. and do a call the game six. But six o'clock kick, he'll be fine. Yeah, he said he'll get there around probably three. Yeah, he'll be all right. Anyway. We appreciate Craig White hopping on with us. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle, Derry Max, and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up again this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Dave Campbell's Texas Football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Derry Max Built by Shock and Elk Assistant Coach of the Week. Let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Derry Max Built by Chocolate and Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your week 10. 10. Thank you. <laughs>
I do numbers. <laughs> Derry Max, Bill Pye, Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Lumberton Defensive Coordinator Chase McDonald. The Raiders defense held Little Cypress Marysville to just 209 yards total offense in a 41-7 win, clinching at least a share of the district title. Fort Bend Dulles uh, off defensive coordinator Austin Lancaster. The Vikings defense played its best game of the season, stifling Fort Bend Elkins in a 20-2 victory. Frisco Lone Star defensive coordinator Kyle Mosikowski in a veritable must-win game. The Rangers defense stood tall, holding Frisco to just 101 yards total offense in a 13-3 win over the Raccoons. And finally, San Antonio Wagner offensive coordinator Kevin Auten. The Thunderbirds' double-slot offense hit another gear on Friday night, running for 569 yards and 7 touchdowns on 51 carries to pace a 665-yard assault and a 69-42 win over Seguin. So those are your week 10. Ten. Thank you. Daria Max, Bill by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. Pickle, it's time to roll out the Week 10. Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week. Each week we scour the internet, we scour the world looking for the best plays across the state of Texas. You can tweet them to us, hashtag DCTF Top 10. We've compiled them into this here video uh, presented by our friends at Body Armor. Here they are, Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week for Week 10 presented by Body Armor. Team, they were very young as Clintz goes deep down the field for Stroman and it is picked off. How about that interception by Austin French? The Chargers. Here's the quarterback keeper. Smith bursts through the hole, turning on the afterburners. Nobody's going to catch him. Touchdown, Mavericks. Wide outs inside of your screen and alone back here. Johnson pulling up the pass, finds a man in stride. That's Elias Dijon. Dijon off to the races inside the 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Panthers. Contest. And Marvis Hill will kick it away center hash from the 40. Front of the moment, ready to receive. Kick is going to be up and away, a short one. Field is just shy of the 20 yard line and dropped by Fort the Memorial, scooped up and up the 19. Turning near side, going to find a crease. They've got one on the return. Down the near sideline they go, and they're going to take it all the way on the opening kickoff for a tight touchdown. 6 nothing Port Arthur Memorial. Brett Bacon takes a snap. It's going to be a handoff to Duran Crooms, who, who pitches it back to Marquise Johnson, who's off to the races. He's at the 30, the 40, the 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Marquise Johnson. Single left. And, and it is intercepted by Martin as the ball was overthrown. It looked like the David Garrett went up. But it went right in the hands of Marsh. Shotgun. Fakes it to his running back. He's going to look deep here for Sides, and Sides will have it. Caught at the 50. Stays in bounds. Stays up, and he'll score. Drew Hill looks, throws left, has a man at the 29. Trying to cross that marker. He does. And he gets away from the tackle. He's at the 40, 30, 20, 10. Five touchdown, Panthers! Opening touchdown of the ball game as Owen looks and fires for the end zone. They're going for the jump ball and it's caught and it's a touchdown. How about that catch for Owen Carter, his second of the day? Young gives it to him. 
And Blocker spins into the secondary, shakes a tackle, striding down inside the 30, motoring down the sideline to the 10, 5, dives to the pylon. He's got it. Touchdown. All right, Barry Sanders. There it is. The Week 10 Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week presented by Body Armor. If you have plays you think should be a Top 10 Play of the Week, tweet to us, hashtag DCTF Top 10. One last thing to do today, Pickle, and that is to tell you that the Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one coach in each classification with a Coach of the Week award. Each week, uh, the coach recognized with this special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 10 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Marcus Gold from Wiley East. After being picked near the bottom of the standings preseason by most major media outlets, <clears throat> Coach Gold's Raiders have made it a habit of proving people wrong in 2022 with their dominant 51-12 win over Lakeview Centennial. The Raiders improved to 9-0 and clinched the outright district title. In 5A, Ken Plunk from Amarillo Tascosa. In a showdown of, of for the 2-5A Division I title, Coach Plunk's Rebels made a major statement with a 28-14 win over Lubbock Cooper to improve to 8-1 on the year and clinch Tascosa's first district title since 1988. In 4A, Scott Surratt from Carthage. Carthage's legendary head coach hit a career milestone on Friday night, earning his 200th win as head coach of the Bulldogs' 41-15 win over Van. He's now 229. Wow. 200 hyphen 29. In 3A, Josh Smalley from Orangefield. Coach Smalley's Bobcats improved to 7 and 2 on the season, 5 and 0 in district play with a dominant 58 nothing win over Kirbyville, guaranteeing at least the share of their first district title since 1988. In 2A, Collinsville head coach Garrett Patterson. Coach Patterson's Pirates improved to 8-1 of the year, knocking off district favorites Santo and Munster in back-to-back weeks. Uh, they clinched at least a share of the district title. In 1A, Dale Puschovsky from uh, Buena Vista. With a district title hanging in the balance, Puschovsky's uh, Longhorns outlasted Van Horn for a 40-30 victory, clinching the district 6-1A Division I title. And in the private school ranks, Brent Goldman from Bastrop Tribe Consolidated. The Warriors polished off a perfect 10-0 season, the first in program history, with a 50-0 win over Victoria Homeschool. So those are your Week 10 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. Congratulations to all the, school, all the coaches, and thank you for what you do for players, schools, and communities. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. If you like volleyball, TexanLive.com. We got a lot of it tonight. There's my final thought. There you go. Um, a lot of volleyball. And all of our shows are on normal times this week. Like oh, That yeah. hasn't been the case in a couple of weeks, or they've been like yeah. a lot of pre-recorded stuff. But ROF is tomorrow. TFT tomorrow, Republic uh, Republican uh, football tomorrow, WTF on... Thursday. Thursday. So do all those. Watch all the shows. Listen to the podcasts. Do those things. Keep us employed. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to Craig Way for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.